This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. How do you stop the Chargers? How do you shove it down the Chargers' throat? That's the theme of this episode of Steelers Standard with Jacob Brecht and Tom Opperman. Matchups. What do you do on offense? What do you do on defense to stop them? Got to take everything we say with a little grain of salt, though, of course, because the straw that stirs the offensive drink is out, potentially, Ben Roethlisberger. Mm -hmm. The straw that stirs the defensive drink is out, potentially, TJ Watt. Although, you know what? Hand up. You could really make the argument that Cam Hayward's the straw that stirs the defensive drink, too. There's two straws. We got two straws straws. on defense. It's like when you get a cocktail drink and they give you the two really, really skinny, really small straws. Exactly. With a little fruit on them, maybe sometimes. Maybe a piece of bacon or an olive or something on it like that. You're you're going like Bloody Mary. You're going Bloody Mary's over there. That's what the defense is to me. The Steelers' defense is a Bloody Mary. And they have all these great pieces on it, and they're missing maybe their biggest piece, the bacon, if you will, in The tomato juice, I would say, is the biggest contributor to a a Bloody Bloody Mary, Mary, not the bacon. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. You know? I mean, you're just drinking alcohol and bacon <laughs> at that point. That sounds amazing, actually. Like a rum ham or something like that. Uh, love rum ham. Let's start with the defensive side of the ball because the offensive unit for the Chargers is obviously their most formidable unit, and I think the, the toughest task for the Steelers team to stop. And that's even if Minka and Watt were full participants sitting here today. We knew they were in the lineup. Hayden, too, throw him in that category. I still think this is a potentially tough offense to be able to stop sure. when it's clicking sure. on all cylinders. Do you want to start with the receivers or do you want to start with the guy out of the backfield? Because I have a real hunch that the guy out of the backfield might do some damage in this game. I completely agree. I, I Let's just start there since we're, we're leaning in that direction anyways. I did that on purpose. Well, look at that. I picked up on it. But yeah, I mean... This guy is going to be a problem. I, I, I believe a legitimate problem for the Steelers on Sunday, regardless of how the Chargers go about using him, right? Whether it's via the run game, run game, run game. <clears throat> excuse me. Wow, I am just all out of sorts. Let's right take now. a breath. <sighs> run. Say run. Run. Game. Game. Now put it together. Run game. There you go. Oh, okay. Or if they use him in the the. The pass game. There you go. The pass game. It's going to be an issue because this guy is equally capable in both aspects of the ball, right? He's going – he is – I think right now, Tom, I'm comfortable saying it's Alvin Kamara, it's Najee Harris, and I'm not saying these are the best running backs. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Thank you. And then some – like maybe the next tier below is Austin Eckler in terms of dual back threat. agree with that, and I actually get more nervous about his contributions in this game as the passer than, or as the receiver, I mean, in the passing game than I do as the runner in their running game. Do I think they're going to try to run the ball against the Steelers' defense? I do. I think that Staley's going to look at that game plan that the Lions had, the jumbo stuff, the running it right down their throats, and he's going to say, you know what, I like that a little bit. We like to operate under center on first and second down more than any team in the league. Maybe we do that and add a little power, add a little juice to the line up front. That's already a really good offensive line. And we run the ball a little bit in this game, maybe a little bit more than we're used to. I think that could happen, and I think Eckler's capable of that. But I just see him drawing a ton of mismatches with these linebackers for the Steelers. I've seen Bush and Schobert get burned 
all year long. Mm -hmm. I can just see in my mind's eye as we sit here right now a couple of really well-designed offensive plays that are set up to have Eckler on Bush or Schobert one-on-one, and I'm putting my money on Eckler every single time in those matchups. So that's what I'm looking at. That's the fear I have is there's going to be a 50-yard slant or a a uh, 20-yard over-the-middle route that Eckler's going to take and and basically almost take to the house or or some home run kind of play that comes from Eckler being matched up with those linebackers, and and that's where it really worries me is his – ability as a receiver to exploit those. but also the ability the Steelers linebackers have shown to guard those type of scat back receivers right it's not that I'm trying to take away any credit from Austin Eckler and, and what he's been able to do as a pass threat as a receiving threat sorry it's equally though I have to give discredit to Joe Schobert and Devin Bush 100% I mean the tackling effort that I saw on the equal bouquet touchdown run by Devin Bush was just abysmal, was asinine. It, throw up any adjective you want. It, it, it fell under that category because it was one of the worst, it was one of the low points of the Devin Bush era for, in my perspective, from my perspective, since he's come onto the team uh, in his young two-year career, in his young three-year career. I'd say the biggest thing you could do against Eckler and the defense in general would be to tackle. I, I think Eckler, like I said, is going to get open on you. Uh, it's just a natural thing that's going to happen. Even if you are covering great, a running back's going to be able to shake you every once in a while. But just tackle him immediately after he catches the ball. Mm-hmm. Like If he catches it for five yards, make sure he's in the dirt after five yards. Don't give any yak up. The yak is what killed you against the Lions. You know, The schemes that the Lions ran that got some of their players open and Goff was able to get them the ball every once in a while. He only had 53 yards in the regulation portion of that game, so... Wasn't really getting him the ball too much, but the biggest problem wasn't, you know, Iguabuke was able to find a hole because the guys weren't lined up in the gap, and he goes for four or five yards. No, the biggest problem is he finds the hole because the guys aren't in the right gap. He goes for four or five yards, then the second level misses two tackles, then the third level misses another two tackles, and it's 42 yards to pay dirt. So you got to just clean up that. you got to clean up plays that are made. Other teams are going to make plays. It's a matter of making sure they're not big plays and limiting them to short gains. And that's what the Steelers absolutely need to do in this football game. As far as the receivers are concerned, Williams and Allen, I think Sutton's got to take Williams, just being that Sutton's the the guy now with Hayden potentially being out and likely being out. The biggest problem is with Keenan Allen, he moves all over the place. And just like I think they're going to scheme up some things where Eckler finds himself on one of the linebackers one-on-one, they're going to try to do the same thing with Allen, man. They're going to try to get Bush. They're going to try to get Schobert on Allen. They're going to try to get Justin Lane, who has to step up and play more minutes because of Hayden's injury, in there and on Allen. They're going to, if he gets a helmet, God forbid, Akella Witherspoon is going to be on. Like, they're going to try to move him around to find favorable matchups, and that's why... Although I think Mike Williams and Cam Sutton might be the matchup you see the majority of the time, I would float Sutton around too. And I would try to use him as much as possible to try to neutralize Allen and Williams. But the problem is, and this is what happens when we have injuries, you know, we've said this early in the year about Minka Fitzpatrick when there were other injuries. He's doing too much. He's trying to cover too much things. You worry that maybe Sutton might have that kind of thing in his mind now where, I got to be Hayden and I got to be Minka. I got to cover the slot and I got to cover outside. Like, 
hopefully he can take that kind of workload, and I, I think he can, but that is a lot to ask of a player who's really not a superstar anyway. Sure it is, and I think not necessarily the advantage, but because you are so depleted, there is room for What's the word I'm looking for? There is room for creativity in the playbook. A hundred percent agree. You don't have yeah. to stick to anything that you've done in the past where when you have your your entire roster available to you with Joe Hayden and Minka, that you know what your game what your best game plan can be to stopping the opposing pass attack. Keith Butler is one of the most important pieces of the Steelers in this mm-hmm. in this game coming up. Absolutely. It whatever he can do to kind of Keep the Chargers guessing as to what, who is going to line up with who, and and and, and if it's going to be zone or, or a decoy man type of scheme, that's fine. I mean, I don't think you have anything holding you back from saying you've got to just stick with this, and even if it doesn't work, you just got to stick with the game plan because that's what we prepared for. I think when you're when you're down this bad, in terms of depth, there really is nothing holding you back from doing whatever you can to go out there on any given play or any given drive and just say this is going to work what's this is what is going to work best for us right now in this moment. Before I move on to some other things the defense has to do, something just popped into my head that sure. is worth mentioning and it it goes on the tackle right after the catch, make sure you don't let them get the yards after catch the big plays. The Chargers passing game, the average depth of target for Justin Herbert is only like 7.2 yards down the field. It's one of the lowest in football. It's I was like, going to say, that sounds close to Ben's. Numbers, it is right? close to Ben. It's close to Matt Ryan. Like, that's the category he's in right now. That, to me, illustrates even more so how important it is to just tackle after those catches because it's going to be short gains. It's going to be, you know, four or five yard quick hit pops from Justin Herbert. It's up Put him to, in the dirt. to get the guy to the ground. Exactly. They want to get the yards after catch because mm-hmm. they got guys in Allen and Eckler who can make people miss and gain 10-plus yards after the catch. So got to put them in the dirt, especially when they're throwing that short. That number really is shocking to me. Well, I remember during that Browns game, Mike Williams had a couple of deep balls. Uh, I remember against the, the Chiefs game, when they, which they won earlier this year in Kansas City, Mike Williams had a couple of deep touchdown passes if it weren't for Keenan Allen, if, if it wasn't Keenan Allen, I forget which guy it was. But that number seems ridiculously low to me. It's Joe Lombardi's influence, Detroit's offensive coordinator and a descendant of the great Vince Lombardi. But, oh, wow. Yeah, but Joe Lombardi was Detroit's offensive coordinator during 2014-2015. During that stretch, Matt Stafford's average depth of target was 7.8 yards down the field. That's before, way too low. Before he arrived, Stafford was at 9 yards yeah, down the field. that's way too low with a guy like Calvin Johnson. When Lombardi left, his Stafford's yards down the field jumped to 9.3, yeah. so it's Lombardi. Lombardi was with New Orleans, too, last year before coming to we Detroit. We knew exactly what the Saints were, were not capable of doing last and year. And he's running teams. this Chargers offense like he's got old man River Drew Brees mm-hmm. back there playing at 40 years old, can't throw the ball down the field. No, you've got a stud now. you got to open it up. But Not clearly, just you've got a young kid who has a lot of arm power. That clearly doesn't right matter now. to Lombardi, no, though, because he had that in 2014-15 with Detroit, and he still tried to put the handcuffs on You're the Matt best Stafford. receiver, one of the best receivers in, in NFL history. It was a Hall of Famer, so Calvin you were, Johnson, and you weren't giving him the ball. Hey, Pittsburgh. You were giving him the ball down the field. Offensive coordinator frustration. 
That ain't exclusive <laughs> to Pittsburgh. No, I bet not. you there's some LA fans that are like, uh, I would like Joe Lombardi to be gone next year. This was not a good hire. Can we get someone in here that's going to let our sweet baby boy, Justin Herbert, sling this thing down the field like he should? So Steelers fans, hopefully they don't wake up this week, and hopefully they keep throwing short because he has a god of an arm. Was it Staley who was the OC last year, and then he got promoted to head coach? Staley who was, was the, who was the OC last year for the Chargers? Staley was on the Rams staff oh. last year as I believe the defensive coordinator for so Sean I'll, McVay I, I, and the Rams. So they got rid of both of their head coach I and just, offensive. Yeah, I mean, new coach comes house. in, you bring in your own staff. You want to bring in your own guys. So but why did he bring in Lombardi? I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to ask Staley I that. I mean, I don't, I don't know, know why he brought in Lombardi, but he shouldn't have brought in Lombardi is what I'm trying to tell no, you. No, uh, yeah, he should not have. One thing that that short passing game is doing, though, is it's letting Justin Herbert get rid of the ball really quickly, and he also has a really good offensive line in front of him. Maybe one of the best. So, And I think it's going to get better and better, yeah, especially it's... Slater on the outside is, is going to be a star. That marriage is perfect. Slater and Herbert. That should be there for a decade in L.A. At least. As long as injury doesn't rear its ugly head with either of those players. But the only average surrendering about like 1.8 sacks per game. One of the best uh, numbers in the NFL in that department. The Steelers are towards the top as far as sacks per game is concerned. Almost three sacks per game on average by this defense. So something's got to give in that matchup. And the Steelers better hope it gives in their favor. And I think I'm leaning towards T.J. Watt playing in this game. And. Yeah, you said that in a previous episode, and we've we know we know how quick he can be off the ball. But listen, we've seen the T.J. Watt playing with an injury already this year against the Packers, and it didn't look great. No. Aaron Rodgers moonwalked his Out way into the end zone. Yeah, easily. Like, so I love the effort in the heart from T.J. And I hope he plays because even a 60% T.J. Watt is better than Zero. Highsmith or it's Tusker no or whatever the hell they're going to try to do without him. Taco Charlton. So I hope to God he's able to get out on the field. But they, the Steelers need to generate a pass rush in this game. It's the, it's the bread and butter of this defense because the turnovers that have come with that pressure they've had over the past five years, they have fallen off of a cliff this year. So... I want to say turn the ball over, get a pick of Justin Herbert, force a fumble, but A, the Chargers have only turned the ball over nine times total this year on offense, so they do a good job of protecting the Rock. Yeah, and, what, and the, Steelers the Steelers don't do first turn it. And, like, how, how, how do you generate turn? Like, you can't sit in the microphone and be like, okay, if they do this, 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 and this, they'll have three turnovers easy. Like, it's, turnovers are just an opportune thing that happens in the flow of the game. The best way that you can create them, I'd say, is by having pressure on the quarterback. But the Steelers do that at a top-five clip in the NFL, and it's not resulting in turnovers. But just keep trying to grind that road and get as much pressure as you can, and hopefully it forces him, Herbert, I mean, in this instance, into a bad throw mm -hmm. here or there that you got to take advantage of. you got to be able to jump in front of that route. you got to be able to have the hands necessary to come away with that interception. But... Again, not super, super optimistic when I look at the line. I look at the health status of the Steelers' number one pass rusher, and I looked at how fast Justin Herbert gets rid of the ball. So you got to sack him. That's it number sounds, one it priority. Like but the it's, only thing you can really do is, and it's, is, is create pressure. And I'm nervous that they won't be able to do it. Especially if T.J. Watson out there. Yeah. But, again, it's kind of the great equalizer in this circumstance because – their receivers are much better than your secondary players. Uh, their 
tight ends slash running backs. Tight ends are okay, but they're, s- they're, your they're still better than your inside days. linebackers. Yeah. And Jared Cook's a veteran, so he's going to be able to find sure. some little cracks yeah. in the red zone, and he's going to be able to have a two or three catches, but they're going to be two or three big catches probably they're, in the game. They're going to be chunk, not just chunk plays, but they're going to come maybe on third down or, or yeah. second and long and, and just negate that second and long. But the great equalizer is getting pressure on Herbert. Unfortunately, the Chargers are as good at protecting Herbert as the Steelers are at getting after the quarterback. My only hope for this defense is that Cam Hayward continues his Defensive Player of the Year campaign. And it's it's unfortunately maybe the quietest Defensive Player of the Year campaign that we've seen out of any defensive player in recent memory just because he's certainly not getting the attention because there are other guys like Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, of course, but even on, on his own team, T.J. Watt is getting more attention. Trevon Diggs from Dallas, I think, sure, is, I mean, is in that he category. Eight, he yeah. has eight interceptions in, what, ten games? I'd say Garrett, Watt, Diggs, Donald, just because you have to, and then Cam. I'd say those are your front runners. But right I think now. Cam is— At the bottom of the list. Be, only because— um, yes. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, if, if Trayvon Diggs was playing in Detroit or Minnesota instead of Dallas. That's a great point. He's not getting that attention. I agree. Same, I think it's same thing applied to Stephon Gilmore a couple years ago. If he did what right. he did that year on the Carolina Panthers where he is now, where he is no now, one cares. No one's caring. But he did it on New England with the GOAT Tom Brady still there. So, so it is all about where you're at as well if, as. If Cam continues this this caliber of, of a season that he's had, which we know he's – we know it can be game breaking. I mean that that one sack. He's he going had, to continue too, yeah, as long yeah, as he yeah. doesn't get hurt. No, 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 no. That one sack he had against Detroit, I'm still convinced it should have been called a safety. This isn't yeah. as egregious as the Pitt Miami safety, but I won't I won't bring that up. How dare you? But I don't know why that wasn't. I mean, the guy was just running backwards into the end zone and, and Cam was following him. Regardless, I think Cam is capable of making some game-changing plays. It's just, I don't know with this offense matchup against this defense, if Cam's efforts alone will be enough to really, really make make a difference. All things healthy, I think the defense has the edge over the Chargers offense. With Minka out, with Watt on the mend, with Hayden out. Chargers offense has the favorable matchup in this game for sure. Maybe not even that, but give us of those three guys. Just give us Watt, and I think we might be better. Yeah, a fully healthy Watt, right? Because you had said earlier the 60% Watt isn't nearly the same as the 100%. On the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers, I think we should employ the KISS strategy again. Keep it simple, stupid. Run, run, and then run some more, and then when you get sick of running, slap yourself in the face and run the ball again. They give up the most rushing yards, the Chargers do, in the NFL by a wide margin. Come on, Tom. It's like 20 yards more than the Texans do. I know. You you gave me that number earlier this week, but I said the same thing I'm going to say again. (laughs) Come on. I mean, like, you're you're kidding yourself here by trying to convince yourself that the the Steelers will just say, well, we got to run the ball. Mason Rudolph, you don't need to pass the ball 50 times. They could have done the same thing against Detroit, Tom. Detroit doesn't have a very good rushing defense. The Bears. The Bears don't have a great rushing defense, and you still saw more pass plays. Granted, Ben Roethlisberger was in that game, but you still saw more pass plays in that game. You saw 50 pass attempts by Mason Rudolph against Detroit last week. There is no indication whatsoever to think that 
The Steelers will keep it simple and just run the damn ball. I don't see it happening. I, I just I do not see it happening. But it uh, it just is so dumbfounding if it doesn't happen. Of course it's dumbfounding, but that's what the conversation has been regarding this offense for the last couple of years is the winning formula is there. And and we've we've gone over this time and time again. The the definition of insanity is is doing the same thing over and over but expecting a different result. I don't think they're going to do anything different here. I really don't. Just on the surface, though. Maybe you won't see 50 pass attempts. Maybe you'll see that number go down to 40. But it wouldn't shock me if it's 40 pass attempts versus 20 rushing attempts. Just on the surface, it's easy to see, though. 150 yards on the ground per game from the Chargers. Worse than the NFL. Okay, but what about the other side of the coin? Oh, they're fourth as far as passing yards allowed is concerned. They're very stout against the passing game. Okay, that's fine. What about the star power? Up front, they have Joey Bosa, but he's up in the air because he's unvaccinated and he's got to test negative a couple times before Sunday. So who knows if he's going to be able to play. But even if he is going to play, his role is more in the pass rush game, not as far as stopping the runs concerned. So he doesn't bother me as far as a run stopper is concerned. And Jerry Tillery, Justin Jones, Linval Joseph, Those are just guys. I can run all over them. What's in that secondary? Oh, Derwin James is healthy this year and playing like the best safety in football. Front runner for first team all pro in that position. Sorry, Minka, but it's true. Uh, What else do they got? Oh, Asante Samuel Jr. is a rookie who's been making big plays for them at that cornerback position. Hmm, They've got dudes in the secondary and a bunch of Joes next to Joey Bosa in the up front spots. Let's pass the ball 50 times. You know, like Mm -hmm. on the surface, everything just points to run the ball but I agree with you it seems like this coaching staff Matt Canada in general likes to outsmart himself and that's what's so frustrating it's like stop playing chess with yourself dude Mm -hmm. just play Play checkers checkers. simplify these things and when you're first and goal at the five and you have a rookie of the year candidate (laughs) Najee Harris give him the ball a couple times you know it's easy just give him the ball it's one easy. time. It's easy. Not even a couple. It's you easy. Give him the ball one time. This Tom. is easy. If I was a fan that won a contest, like a Make a Wish style contest, to call <laughs> to call a play, forty whatever it is, power, power, whatever the po- most powerful run we have featuring Najee Harris is, get out there and run it three straight times. Like you the first down. You don't understand That's a first down either. Like Canada, easy. like. If you run the ball three straight times and you get stopped three straight times, there's still criticism being levied your way, but it's because of the execution and the players. It's not levied your way as far as the play calling is concerned. So make your life easier. Yeah, and just have it be on the players. Hey, guys, we're running the ball three straight times. Don't fail or else the media is really going to string you up. I mean, it's going to look bad if you can't get a first down with Najee Harris on three straight carries. No, it is, but... Why, why does part of me feel like we're going to line up That's in a power you, eye to start this game, oh, play oh, action oh. pass, Deontay Johnson deep down the field, try to take oh, okay. a shot at them? Like, you, you, you were at, at first I thought you were going to say no, power I, eye and then just give the ball to Najee. No, I no, think it's going to be the, yeah, the, the disguise. Play I play actioned you via the you radio did. there. You yeah. Did. But uh, I, I just feel like they're going to do that. I think Canada's sitting in his office, drinking his coffee, having his McGriddle, and he's being like mm. – you know, you know what? The Chargers are expecting us to run the ball, aren't they? They are, aren't they? You And he has like a picture of the Chargers defensive coordinator in his office. He's like, you are expecting <laughs> me to run the ball, aren't you? Well, guess what, buddy? I'm passing this thing 60 times because you're not getting what you want. And it's just like, can we stop worrying about what the other team is thinking about we're doing right. and just do what we want to do? Stop game planning for their game plan. Game plan yourself and just go with what you know works best. 
but they haven't done that. I'd like to see the jet sweeps back this week. Sure. Especially with Claypool back. Yeah. Don't run it with McLeod. I don't want McLeod to run it. They James ran, Washington got one, too. That's fine. The two jet sweeps that, and I don't think you can call them jet sweeps technically because they were the little pop passes to Ray Ray McLeod. It's the same play, It's though. the same play. You were telling me that earlier. It's the same play. And he got absolutely destroyed on both of them. But it's like they did it twice. It didn't work twice. And it was just like, okay, I'm throwing my hands up. We can't run the sweeps anymore. It's like, guys, can we just like you go can. go away from it for a quarter and then kind of make the defense forget about it while you show the window dressing in that quarter, have the motion happen, just to keep them honest. And then right when you think that they're kind of, you know, oh, that's just window dressing, they're going to keep going just straight up the middle to Najee. Boom, hit Deontay on one of those right. quick Right, don't give it to, like, I'm cool with going back to it, just don't do it don't to McLeod. Give the ball to Ray Ray. Stop right. giving the ball to McLeod in general. Like sure. just yeah, absolutely. Give the ball to your more talented players. Only on players. the punt returns do I want to see, or air kick returns do I want to see. Mm, even there, he's been. Uh, I get it, but he's better than Switzer was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Remember I mean, that he's, guy? He's, he's running forward, Tom. Right. That's at true. Least at least we get like forward. ten yards on every punt return sometimes now instead of fifteen yards backwards, seven yards sideways, and then he just falls over. So you got to at least appreciate that. But he's failing the hold on to the ball aspect of that position and that's concerning the chicago fumble obviously and almost then, lost you the game oh my god that slow-mo against the lions where he double clutched it was terrifying especially in the rain so he's nervous it's, it's starting to get a little tight every time the other team has to punt right like you you, you want it to be very calming but you hate you nervous. hate when the punter comes out and in the back of your head you're like this isn't a guarantee and <laughs> i think we're trying we're starting to inch our way towards that with ray ray but that's a tangent. Offensively, keep him the hell away from right, the game Right, that's what plan. I'm saying is that the only time I want to be mentioning his yeah, name is on special And with teams. Claypool back, I think his role takes yes. a much lesser— I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, we did sit here a year ago and, and said to ourselves, why was Jalen Samuels getting more offensive snaps than Chase Claypool? Why was Samuels taking away time for Claypool spent on the field? Could happen again just in the form of Ray Ray McLeod. I don't think you need to roll Mason Rudolph out, move the pocket because of the Chargers' pass rush. Bosa's their best pass rusher. He might not even play, but he still, I think he only has like five and a half sacks on the year anyway. And they're just not that good at generating pressure against the opposing team's quarterbacks. And the Steelers' offensive line, for as young and inexperienced as it is, has been really good this year at protecting the Steelers' quarterbacks. Maybe that's due to the fact that the plays are designed to get the ball out of there quickly. But either way, it turns out, to be your one of the best pass-protecting offensive lines in football. So I don't think you have to roll them out because of that, but I think you will see a lot of moving of the pockets, a lot of quick rollouts, a lot of plays that are schemed up to be like, Rudolph, you're going to roll to the right, Fryman's going to release, he's going to be open nine times out yeah. of ten. That's your only read on this play, and it's probably going to be open. I expect a lot of easy layups like that, but the problem is... You didn't hit your layups last week, exactly. so how I confident was, can you— I was, I was going to say, Tom— They're going to give as, him more layups, but how confident can are you that he can hit those layups? I was going to say, Tom, they could be there, but just because they're there doesn't mean they're converted. Right. And that's all on Mason. All on Mason, and why, again, to kind of put a beautiful little bow, bow on this, if number two is your starting quarterback, I think I'm leaning towards the Chargers to win this game yeah. in a— in a, I don't want to say blowout, 
but a comfortable fashion where maybe the score looks closer than the game actually feels. Like, I bet the Chargers would feel in control for the majority of that game. It's just the fact that maybe, not that they shot themselves in the foot, but only because their defense has these holes. Not necessarily that Mason takes advantage of them, but... No, in fact, the very opposite. I don't think Mason... <laughs> right. Right, but it, he just kind of lucks himself into a, into a couple plays where they 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 exploited the 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 Chargers defense gets exploited too much to make up for it, and the Steelers just happen to get points because of it. But it's no, it's nothing that it, it, the game is ever in jeopardy for the Chargers. Well, let's hope we have the dramatic break glass wrestling moment on Saturday night, though. And oh my is God, that ben that's Roethlisberger's Ben Roethlisberger's music. music. Da, na, 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 na. Like, let's hope we get that as Steelers fans because. It's going to be a very gloomy Sunday night mm-hmm. mood if number two's leading your Steelers out of I'm the tunnel. I'm glad you brought up Sunday night. Tomlin likes to win on in primetime games. And they've gone out to L.A. With Doug Hodges. Beat the Chargers a couple times. With Doug Hodges. Always a primetime game, really. Chargers-Steelers. Yeah. Love to you, make it primetime. I know prime you and Tim Benz and Crowley were talking about that on Countdown to Kickoff earlier this week. It is kind of odd how... I couldn't tell you the last time a Chargers-Steelers game. You had mentioned the the Troy Polamalu diving interception game in the year they won the Super Bowl 43 in 08. Because I think the next year or two years later, they played another Sunday night game. Well, we remember the Duck Hodges year. They played Sunday night. night. Then there was the game in the— Two missed field goals by the Chargers, but the Steelers lined up on offsides twice— and they eventually kicked the game-winning field goal the Chargers did. That was Sunday that night. game was devastating too because that was the year when the Steelers missed the playoffs by half a game with the tie. With the tie, and they were winning that Chargers game all game long. Yeah, they, and then I think Rivers they jumped down to like a twenty-one yes. to six lead at half, and then Rivers just yeah, brought them all the way it. back and won. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, Philip Rivers, yeah. and Keenan Allen. Yeah, so but always a primetime matchup. Yeah, I mean, interesting that the NFL likes it. You had said, is it because of the the uh, what was it the ninety five or the ninety four AFC Championship game that the Steelers lost? Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah, the Steelers lost to the Chargers in a big upset. I mean, that's now almost thirty years in the past. It might have been ninety five. I don't know. I was two years old when it happened. Who cares? But uh, L.A. market, Pittsburgh brand. I think that's two. Yeah. Pe- that's two peas yeah, in yeah, a pod yeah. for the NFL. That'll do it for this episode of Steelers Standard, though. Uh, hope you got all you needed to know about the Chargers. Let's be honest, you did. That's all you needed. Run the ball and get pressure on the quarterback. Very simple, guys. That's all you have to do to have a shot to win this football simple. game. Oh, I'll add one more thing. Sure. Make your layups, Mason. Make your layups. And you'll come away with maybe not a win, but at least a respectable result you and effort be against the, the Chargers. You won't that you saw last week. 100%. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman. Thanks as always for giving us a listen, and we will talk to you guys on the next edition of the Steelers Standard.